Now here's a highlight from Coast to Coast AM on iHeartRadio. Rob Skiba is an award-winning documentary filmmaker and author of several books, including Babylon Rising and The First Shall Be Last and Archon Invasion, The Rise, Fall, and Return of the Nephilim. As an ancient Nephilim theorist, Rob brings a unique and often unheard perspective of the UFO alien discussion. As such, he's become an internationally recognized public speaker on these subjects, often appearing on paranormal and prophecy talk shows and as a featured keynote speaker at conferences all around the world. But he's here to talk about uh, the flat earth theory, and he is the author of Testing the Globe, a Satetic Investigation. Rob Skiba, welcome to Coast to Coast AM. How are you? I'm good, Richard. Thanks so much for having me on. Let me ask you right out of the chute here. Is the term flat earther, is that a derogatory term, or am I, can I use that? Uh, well, it is universally understood to be a derogatory term. <laughs> ah, all right. Uh, yeah, I mean, who hasn't said that and immediately thought stupid, ignorant, retarded, you know, pick a, pick a word, you know, as soon as you hear a flat earther. But it's, it's accurate for somebody who believes the earth is flat. Right. It wasn't meant in the pejorative. Uh, just, I just wanted to be um, clear. All right, yeah. so... Uh, when did you first begin to suspect that the Earth is not a sphere, uh, not a globe, but rather a flat disk? Sure. Uh, first of all, I have to kind of say I almost <laughs> had to laugh at your opening monologue um, because you sounded very much like I did the first time I interviewed a flat earther. <laughs> I said almost the exact same words. Um, and that moment for me was uh, April thirteenth, two 2015. I was headed down to uh, do my taxes. My accountant lives an hour and a half away. So, you know, I like to listen to podcasts to pass the time and whatnot, and there's a few of my go-to places that I'll go check out. Uh, and there's a, um, a show called Canary Cry Radio, and uh, the guys there are kind of goofy, fun-loving guys, and I figured, oh, this should be good. They had uh, a title, Flat Earth Clues with Mark Sargent. And I thought, oh, this should be good, you know, maybe like an April Fool's joke or something, right? So I listened for an hour and a half. In the beginning, I had the exact same response everybody has when it's first when they first hear about the subject. This is crazy. This is stupid. Who in the world? We settled this 500 years ago, right? Uh, but I have to say, about an hour and a half into it, after you know getting almost to the end of it, I was like, shoot, that guy kind of made a little bit of sense on some things. And so I did my taxes, got back in the car for another hour and a half. Drive. I'm going to listen to that again. So I listened to it again. And then I went online, and Mark had put out a bunch of videos. They're like 10, 15 minutes long called Flat Earth Clues on YouTube. And so I think there were like 10 of them out at the time. So I watched them all. And at the end of his videos, he puts his phone number and contact information. So I'm like, I'm going to contact this guy. So I contacted him, and he was very gracious to come on my show two days later, April 15th. 2000, uh, yeah, 2015, and that's the date I now affectionately refer to as the day Mark Sargent ruined my life. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, I started the interview very much the same way you did, um, and at, somewhere, at some point during our talk, he challenged me. He said, all right, Ron, I get it. You believe there is a globe. Fine. Prove it. Prove it, but do so without using NASA, the government, or the military, or any other organizations from other nations that might be comparable, do it without using them as your source. Well, that's an interesting, interesting challenge because all the information we have about the globe is coming from those sources primarily. Number one, we said we've all seen the pictures, right? Uh, especially the famous pictures, been in all of our textbooks from, taken from Apollo 17, 1972. 
that picture was hanging up on my wall. Actually, it was wallpaper uh, for almost my entire life growing up. So I had that thing in my face my pretty much my entire life. But as soon as you start looking into images, and I'll say images, not photographs, of our Earth, you'll, you will see many times in the fine print that it says, this is a composite, this is an image, this is an artist's rendering, this is CGI, this is anything but essentially a Polaroid snapshot. Uh, and you start seeing the, um, the 2002, I believe it was, Blue Marble, that was the background for your iPad or your iPhone when you buy that. Right. Well, Robert Simmons was the guy who created that, and he, he goes right on record and says, yeah, it's a composite, it's a Photoshop thing. You know, you know, you'd say, well, okay, they took images from a satellite that laid down strips, and then you're combining the strips. No, this guy created a 3D sphere in 3D software, took essentially the Mercator map, put it on there, and then mapped on clouds on top of that, put, put on you know various reflectivity and stuff to the sun, specular highlights and whatnot. And if you look at it closely, in Photoshop, for instance, you'll see that there are replicated clouds all over the place. That's, he used the clone tool. Um, and he says, no, it is fake, but it has to be. It is Photoshop, but it has to be. You're like, well, wait a minute. We're supposedly got all these space probes sending stuff out all the time and taking pictures of the Earth. Why does it have to be? And a real turning point for me was I went on the JPL website, okay, Jet Propulsion Laboratory website, and there was a 25-hour stop-motion sort of, you know, time-lapse of the Earth in rotation, 25 hours in rotation, allegedly taken from the Galileo space probe, and I believe it was December 1990. Right. And the first thing that caught my eye as I'm watching this is it looks exactly like a blue marble spinning. None of the clouds are moving. Like it literally looks like a marble with clouds painted on it that had 25 still images taken of it as it's rotated. Um, I'm a filmmaker, so I'm like, wait a minute, I could go outside, shoot the sky for an hour, come back, put it in Premiere Pro or something, and speed it up, and the clouds are going to be doing all kinds of crazy stuff. But on that day, no cloud anywhere in the world did that. So that's when I began to go, what is happening here? <laughs> you know, um, It really shook me up. Um, right, right. Uh, now, I, I want to circle back to, to a lot of these points and pick up on them in, 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 a, in a moment or a few moments. But I just want to uh, first um, talk to you about the Bible. You're a Bible-believing yeah. Christian. Uh, likewise, I'm a Bible-believing Christian. But you say you can't, you can't believe in the Bible and not believe in a flat earth. And so I want you to walk us through some examples. And, but I want to start with one, if I could, because I, even I find this a most curious passage in the Bible, and you, you talk a lot about Job in your, in your um, YouTube videos and so forth. Uh, Job uh, 37, 18. Can you join him in spreading out the skies, hard as a mirror of cast bronze? Yeah. Even I find that one rather uh, cryptic and, and uh, well, let's, let's start yeah. with that one. Well, yeah. Uh, as a Bible-believing Christian myself, I grew up in a Christian family. My dad was a Baptist minister when I was a kid. It's, I've been exposed to it my entire life. I accepted Christ as my Savior at age seven, and I've been in some form of ministry my entire life. Been in the Scriptures my entire life. And I've looked at Scriptures like that, and many others. And I've actually looked at, there's two Scriptures, the people who believe that the earth is a globe and that the Bible supports that. There's only two Scriptures that they'll use. It's Isaiah 40:22, the circle, circle of the earth, and Job 26, 7. He's hanging the earth on nothing. See? Whoa, hanging in the space. But then, as you just pointed out, there are other scriptures that talk about the sky being hard, firm, 
like a molten looking glass, like a mirror. And you're like, well, what's up with that, right? Um, what should have been the first thing I did after listening to Mark Sargent should have been going to the scriptures. It wasn't. It was like the third thing I did probably. Um, but through other research that I've done in my life, uh, I realized we all bring preconceived bias to the text. And many times we read the scriptures through those lenses, whatever those biases, maybe pre-trip rapture or what have you, you know, pick a topic, right? Um, we've heard things from pastors and other people, and we allow those things to color our thoughts, color our glasses, and we look at the words, and we see through those lenses. So I intentionally prayed, and I asked God, I said, Father, if I'm bringing preconceived notions to the text, please remove them from me, and let your Holy Spirit show me from the scriptures what you are truly saying here. And that's a challenge that out to anybody out there who claims to be a Bible-believing Christian, if that's your worldview, I challenge you to pray that prayer. Remove my preconceived biases and let the Holy Spirit show me what it says. Well, if you pray that, you're going to get as far as verse 6 of the first chapter of the first book of the Bible. You're going to get slammed to the face with this thing called the firmament. And it is a hard, firm, solid structure. There's no way around it. <laughs> there are people in modern uh, translations and in creation ministries and stuff that would try to tell you, well, it, it, it just means expanse. And expanse meaning air, gas, and the vacuum of space. Well, that's a nice idea, but the words don't support that. Not in Hebrew, definitely not in Greek, certainly not in Latin, firmamentum, from which we have the English word firmament in translations like the King James Bible. In every case, it's a hard, firm, solid structure. So, I mean, you've got to verse 6 in the first chapter of the first book of the Bible, and you got to deal with it. And that's where we get the idea, or you get the idea of the the dome. the The firmament right. is the dome, like uh, like like a snow globe, right? We're living essentially yes. in what looks like a snow globe. That's the firmament. Yes, and we're, the Bible is not the only text that says that. For for practically four thousand years, that was pretty much the universal view of pretty much every ancient culture: Sumerian, Egyptian, Greek, Mayan, Incan, Navajo, Norse. Uh, you know, the Hebrews were, on, were not alone in that cosmological worldview. They all had that view. So, I mean, we got to think about that. 4,000 years. Now, you know, you ever play the game, Whisper Down the Line? You know, where you start, and by the time you get to the end, you know, whatever the first person said, it gets changed by the end of it? Right, the telephone game, we used to call it. Yeah, yeah telephone game. Well, I mean, if we think of this as a telephone game, we start out, you know, 6,000 plus years ago, we were on a circular, still flat earth, set on pillars under a dome, within which the sun, moon, and stars, you know, exist. Flash forward to the end of the line, 6,000-plus years later, I heard we're on a spinning heliocentric ball in an average many universe. It's like something radically changed, but, you know, who is closer to the truth? The one who, who, Who's more likely, let me put it this way, who's more likely to have the truth? The one closest to the source information or the one furthest away from it? Right. I, not that you need me to do you know, to make your argument, but I just want to uh, share another passage here that uh, is very intriguing. This is from Isaiah 40, 22. He sits enthroned above the circle of the earth and its people are like grasshoppers. He stretches out the heavens like a canopy and spreads them out like a tent to live in. That does uh, admittedly sound like, like a dome over the, uh, over the earth. Uh, well, yeah. If you, you read, I don't know what translation that was, but like or as, whenever we use words like that, what are we talking about? Simile. Right. So, you know, if we think in terms of simile or metaphor, 
when the author uses words like that, don't you think it helps to, to write something or to say something that would at least remotely resemble whatever it is you're trying to, you know, convey? When, when Isaiah wrote that, and when his audience heard that, and when we read that, when we think of a tent, what do we think of? We think of a structure set up over a flat surface. Nobody would think about a ball rotating a thousand miles an hour, running around a sun at 66,000 plus miles an hour, that, and the sun itself going about a half million miles an hour through an ever-expanding galaxy. <laughs> you know what I mean? Universe. Nobody would have, and certainly not Isaiah, would have had that worldview. Now, uh, I know this is difficult to do on the radio, and, and people can check out your uh, videos, and we've linked up to your websites uh, at uh, coasttocoastam.com. If they go uh, there and they, under your name, they'll see all your websites. Uh, but just as best you can on the radio, try and describe what you believe the Earth looks like, as described in the Bible. Yeah, thank you. Well, the first thing, before we get started, I have to say your webmaster might need to change the picture for this show. <laughs> Uh, on the on the website, it shows a disc floating in space. Now, that's a common misconception, but it's also a complete misrepresentation of the flat Earth. Um, neither I myself nor anybody that I've met in nearly five years of doing this believes in that model. But that's our knee-jerk reaction. We all think, well, what are we talking about? Disc floating in space? You, you have to throw out the Copernican model completely. It's not like sun, 93 million miles away, you know, uh, Mercury, Venus, pancake, Mars. You know, uh, that's not what any of us believe. Listen to more Coast to Coast AM every weeknight at 1 a.m. Eastern and go to coasttocoastam.com for more.